where, why, or how Yesterday is done, tomorrow might not come I said right now, let's talk now Loud ashtrays Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. Nobody have to cheer me on because I know how to do it myself. I'm here sitting with Chet Yates, owner of Mobile Tent Guys. He's an ashtray. All the shit that he's been through all his lives, all his years are going up, making it to where he's at right now. A successful business owner, he's become a loud ashtray. Here we are with Chet Yates. Say hello, Chet. What's going on, guys? Yeah, we're in the car right now, headed to somewhere. None of y'all business. <laughs> That's not the point of the whole conversation. But, um, Chad, tell me more about your, um, how long you had your tent, successful tent business. Tell me about it. So, uh, I've been in business now for, uh, 10 years. Um, I run throughout the central east part of Florida, what cities, man? What cities? Uh, Ocala, the villages, Gainesville, Brooksville. Um, we do automotive, residential, commercial window tinting. Oh. All your needs for window tinting, RVs. We do it. Now, which is the hardest one? The hardest tin job I think out there is probably the Volkswagen Beetle. Um, that's because of the curvature in the windows is so round right. and just makes it very hard for let's say like an amateur window tenor to do right and even an experienced window tenor uh, it makes it kind of hard to do what made you get into this profession uh, the economy um, uh. I, I was a uh, I was a plaster by trade for 15 years right. and when the housing market and we went into the recession I had to find another way to make money so I was kind of forced into this right. per se, but it actually was a blessing in disguise. Uh, why is that? Uh, stucco works really hard. There's not uh, there's not a whole lot of money into it. I mean, you can make you know an okay living. You right. know, you can make you know thirty thousand dollars a year. Right. Um, window tinting. You know, uh, average window tenner in Florida usually makes about seventy thousand dollars a year. Ooh. So, and it's a lot, lot easier on your body. Right. It's just, uh, you know, a lot cleaner of a job. Um, At what time you felt that you knew you perfected your craft in the window tent? Because I know in the beginning, you didn't think you were the top channels, I <laughs> fuck ups and all that shit. You got to talk about that part. Yeah. So, uh, so I started out. I had a, a family and friends that were in it, so um, I had a little bit of help along the way. Um, but I uh, tried doing it on my own at first, and then I got with some experienced window tenors and picked up the trade. It took a couple of years. Like, it's not something that you can just pick up in six months or right. three months. It actually takes a couple of years uh, to really learn because there's so many different vehicles out there, and, and when you're doing window tinting, all of them are different. So um, it, took, it took a couple of years to really get really get good at it. Do you um, do clients like for the uh, sheriff department, the medical department, or lawyers? Yeah, such? I've done I've done uh, everything from. I mean, it, it, that's the thing about window tinting; it doesn't discriminate. So it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much money you don't have. 
everybody wants window tinting. Everybody needs it done to their car. It's Florida. It's hot. Um, I've done uh, cars for uh, police officers. I've done the patrol cars. Okay. Um, I actually was working the Tampa area before I moved the business up a little bit further north to the Ocala area. Um, so I was actually uh, able to get on the McDill Air Force Base and do some stuff for them there. Oh. And you have to be cleared, uh, which which is a challenge um, because I am a convicted felon. Um, so for, for you to get cleared to go on there, that actually was a huge accomplishment. That's a blessing. You know, you know what I mean? You're right. It's so... I don't mean to cut you up on this shit, but he's right. Me being a transportation owner up in PA... To get on the military base, because I was driving for the Commandant and um, the Army War College in Carlisle, and it came to a point where one of my drivers had a felony, and she could not even go in there. And just to drop off customers makes no sense. You know, we're Americans and all, but we have to, they, you know what I think she had, because she had felony charges, because she got arrested for, um drugs and she had she did federal time maybe that could be the reason too about going into but they knew it they ran her id and they said no she couldn't go in yeah um and you know it's it's funny because my brother was working for me and uh I, he's never been to prison he's had charges and stuff like that but he's never been right. never actually went to prison and right. did some jail time right you know i actually went to prison for four years right. so um and and i had a gun charge that was you know back in you know, like 97, I think is when, when the charge took place. Right. Um, and then I was released out of prison in 2001. Right. Um, so for, for me to get in and them not to let him in, that, that was a huge accomplishment. And the guy behind the counter, uh, actually was, I mean, I don't know what he was looking at on the screen, but he was like, he looked at me and said, wow, you really changed your life around. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, here I am, you know, in my 40s. And this is something that happened in my 20s. I said, so, yeah, I mean, I've changed my life. I'm like, what the fuck? Let me me look at that fucking monitor. What the hell are you looking at? I don't know what he was looking at. You know, I don't know what insides he had on me. But uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I was a kid. You know, I was a dumb kid that, you know, caught a gun charge, you know, back back in the 90s and, you know. Uh, the hardest thing in America, I kid you not, I, and I don't care what nobody says, don't listen to nobody who have never been arrested, who has never had a felony in their record, okay? Once you have a felony on your record, it's so fucking hard to do everything else from there on. Anything. And regardless if you did your time and paid your price to society, it's your, you got that scarlet letter on you. Sorry, that's the way it is, and it's sad. Which makes people want to commit crime again because it's hard for them to get work and such. But no, I don't want to get into that topic. That's another story. Let me ask you a question. You ever did any jobs with celebrities? Oh, yeah, I did a couple jobs for celebrities. Uh, I did uh, a couple of football players. Right. Uh, one that one that played for uh, the Green Bay Packers. Right. And then his brother was actually playing for the Atlanta Falcons at, at that time. What's their names? You don't know their names? Uh, not offhand. I don't remember their names. But there wasn't uh, really much of celebrity. Fuck them. 
but but <laughs> they've been, they've been yeah, I don't like to press up on um, yeah. celebrities like that. Right. Um, you know, I try to treat them just like a normal customer. Good job, good job. Um, because they, you know, they get that all the time. Hey, can I get an autograph? Yeah, fuck or can that. I get You're a just like a regular you? person like me. So yeah, I just want to treat them just like a regular person because at the end of the day, that they want to feel that sometimes. You know, they don't yeah. always want to feel that celebrity status. Yeah, yeah. Get out my base with that shit. I'm trying to do some basic with my family and myself, and you're up on me. Uh, ah, it, was, yeah. it was really cool, though. All right, but this is where the meat and bones. This is the meat and bones. So, um, everybody's asking, okay, you've been to prison. How was your life when you young? What led up to the prison? Uh, it was it was pretty rough. You know, I grew up in a house with uh, a heroin addict mother, you know, right. um, and so she wasn't she wasn't in the house that much. Right. Um, my stepfather at the time, uh, he, he just got out of Vietnam when they got together so he did three tours over in Vietnam right and uh, I think that's kind of how mom got turned on to the heroin yes uh, was through yes, him right um, and and I, you know moved, we moved in when he went to prison we moved into the hood uh, you know I was the only white person in the whole neighborhood you know um, I mean I uh, but you know what that means let me, let me explain that to you white newsers so I'll help you out in a neighborhood with all blacks it's kind of hard with white people because either you're gonna step up your game and be where you're at, you know, and I'm not putting shit on black, but yeah, I know how it is in the, in the projects of Florida. I'm not gonna pull no punches. I ain't gonna fucking lie, okay? I'm gonna tell the truth how it is, okay? Either you're gonna stand your ground, do what the fuck you're gonna do, or you don't want to live there. <laughs> so either you like being there and you like being around the crowd, they're gonna see that and you're gonna be you're gonna be respected for that. Regardless. Yeah, and, and when you're a child, you don't really have that choice. You know, that's you're you're in that you, you know you're stuck in that environment. You know, uh-huh. um, you ain't got no choice of you know where you're gonna live or uh-huh. where, where you, you can just get up and move. I mean, you don't have that. So. Um, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough, you know, to get into boxing when I was nine years old, uh-huh. you know, so I really stepped up my, you know, my, my, my hand game a little bit, you know, uh-huh. and stood my ground a, a lot, uh-huh. a lot. So, yeah, I struggled with that right there. And, 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 and even though, you know, being white, I still had that chain mentality that a lot of people have that 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 grow up in an environment like that where like the only way you're gonna get out is you know you're gonna become a star athlete or uh, you know you're gonna sell job. dope or uh-huh. you know and, and and you know you see everybody that's that's living good around you and and usually they're the ones that are you know you know in the dope game uh-huh. you know so um yeah i got mixed up into that for a while and you, you know? don't understand a lot of kids just look at dope boys as their heroes and that's the wrong way to do it because that's the only thing they see out there that's positive. Them. Famous big cards, all the all the women want to be around them and all that. And that's what they see either. Basketball, football, I'm gonna be like that dope boy. I mean, that's a big change that need to be. But that's an easy, that's an easy way to do it. You know, right. I mean the hard way is really, you know, keeping your nose clean and, and sticking to the sports and really right. pushing yourself to get to that next level of, of an athlete. You right. know? Um dope game so easy to yeah. get into. It's it's so fast, you know. Um, that I mean, that's what that's what lured me into it. And and, and you know, I was I was I, we were poor. I mean, we were the poorest family on the whole block. I mean, I grew up in literally a tin shack. I mean, you you look at like a, a third world country. Uh-huh. You know, like you look at f- photos of like uh, Mexico City, and you see tin shacks up. Uh-huh. That's what I lived in. 
It had barn doors on the bottom of it. I mean, uh-huh. when, when people used to come to my house, they 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 would ask me, man, do you, you live there? Uh-huh. And, and I'm like, Did they yeah, make you feel you know? embarrassed? Yeah, of course, you know. Exactly. Um, I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, you grow up in a in a you know basically a tin shed, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's rough. It's real rough. People don't understand in the hood. How come it ain't put in or drilled in the kid's mind? That hey, I should become a police officer so um I could watch my projects. I know how we talk and how we communicate with our people instead of having none of the kids want to be positive. I, I'm a grow up to be an FBI agent. Oh, I want to grow up to be a judge because it's not installed into them. Those subjects and those and those type of career are taboo. Why? I don't understand. I personally believe our own people should be. I'm not talking about races. I'm talking about the people who grew up in that community should be patrolling that community because they know about the community right there. Okay? And it was a, it was a different time too back when I was growing uh-huh. up. You know, I don't I don't I don't know about these days. You know, because you know I grew up. This was in the '80s, so you know this is when the crack epidemic hit. Uh-huh. You know, and you know you see stuff about New York City and how uh-huh. bad New York City got. But that that was really all across all across America. Right. I mean, it, it was it was really bad. I mean, it it was so bad that that I was 11, 12 years old and I would have people come up and push crack in my face What? just because of the color of my skin. Stop they thought that it. I was there buying crack. So let me explain that to you people because so a lot of the projects out here, a lot of them don't got white people in there. They got black people. So when you see a white person roll up in their car, 95% of the time, sorry, they were looking for some crack. That's the way it was back then. No yeah. lie. And everybody's racing to the car. One to the right, trying to sell it. Somebody else to the left. Whoever gets there first. <laughs> Sometimes fights ensued. Oh, yeah. Sometimes fights ensued. That is so true. So you, you and, got- and then you got to watch out for the police as well. You know, I mean, I remember a time where I was 14. There was an incident where I had some, you know, friends come to pick me up in a car. And uh, it was late, you know, three o'clock in the morning, mm. and we were leaving out of there. And uh, you know, they, they, everybody in the car was white, you know, and they pulled us over, and you know, they were giving us a hard time because we were white and we were in that neighborhood. Because they know that you're looking for drugs. And I told them, I said, yeah. I live there, like yeah. I live here, you know. Um, and they're like, No, you don't. White people don't live over here. This and that. Mm. Uh, long story short, on that one, they, they they beat me up pretty good. They beat me up pretty good. They took me to jail that night. They found that whole. I was. Well, right now, what, what, what cop agency? Where, what, what time? This what city? Fort Myers City Police Department. Oh, oh my, yep. Oh my, yeah. I heard about them. We know, actually, we know about them. I've been in Fort Myers County Jail before. Fort Myers County Jail, let me explain to that. I don't know if they're still doing it, but when I was there, um, they separated the whites and blacks. Listen to me. They separate the whites and blacks. And if the white dude wants to go into the black um, cells, without the majority are black, they make them sign a waiver. Let me repeat. They make them sign a waiver. Yeah, I've been, I've been you know, I, I didn't, uh, I felt more comfortable uh, going in more into the black cell because a lot of them were that, that I grew up with in right. my neighborhood. So uh-huh. I felt more comfortable being around people that I grew up with, you know. Um, so I, I wasn't scared to sign no waiver or anything like that. And I got in some fights and stuff and they pulled me out of the cell. Hey, right. are you all right? You know, do you want to go back in? Right. And of course, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, uh, I'm going back in there. Um, I, I grew up in the jungle, so I, you know, it, you know I'm good with it. Uh, 
Well, you said you, you stated you went to prison. What would you go to prison for? You don't mind me asking. Yeah, I went to prison for uh, shooting at an occupied vehicle and carrying a concealed firearm, which really shouldn't shouldn't have been them charges. I mean, uh, I never shot at no vehicle. I really shot up in the air, right. so uh, no bullets hit any car or anything right. like that. But. You know, again, you know, I was poor, so I couldn't afford, you know, attorneys and stuff yeah. like that right there. And, uh, you know, they were pushing this, you know, 20, 25 years on me. And uh, it scared me. That's not Florida law. Ten, you know? At 10, you get caught with a gun if you're a convicted felon. Um, 20, you pull it out. I, the commission. 20 if you fire it right. commission of a felony right. and then life if a person gets hit so it doesn't right. matter if it's in yeah. the, the toe the leg uh, in the head it doesn't matter you're doing life yeah, that's a 10, 20, 20, um, life law. Yeah. What is it called? 10, 20, 25, right? It's 10, 20, life. 10, 20, life. That's yep. right. 10, 20, life. And, and, and actually, I fell uh, six months before that law took place. So what? I fell in June of 97, and that law went into effect in October of 97. Which means, let me explain that to you for the law. He, he was protected under the Expo Facto Clause, which means for your uneducated people dealing with law... Whatever crime you committed, any law that was present at that time, you fall under. Any law that comes after that, the only way you can fall, if they make it, ah, see, that's not even supposed to be retroactive on that. But that's why he didn't get hit with it, because it's called the Expo Facto Clause, and that's in the Constitution. That's why he didn't get hit with it. Any other that 1025, you know, regardless of, because his crime was committed when that law wasn't active. So it didn't fall under him. Yeah, and then we go back to, you know, that felony sticking around with you, you know. Forever. I, mean, I can't even, you know, I can't even rent an apartment, yep. you know. And, and this is a crime that I committed, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Uh-huh. You know, when do I when do I stop paying my debt to society? Exactly. You know? I mean, exactly. I did my four years. I got out. I've been clean for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, when do I get my rights as an American citizen, you know, and when do I get my God-given rights back, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And this is something that I'm still fighting for. Like I, I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm writing. I'm, I've, I've sent my letters out for my pardons and everything like that. So that way I can get my concealed weapons permit. Right. So I'm able to, you know, have a gun to protect myself, to protect my family, you know. And even uh, when I'm riding, riding around, uh, and out there doing ten jobs, not everybody pays with a debit card. So uh-huh. there's times where I'm riding around with fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars on uh-huh. me, you know. And I go into any neighborhood, uh-huh. you know, some some high crime neighborhoods, yeah. you know, and carrying that type of cash on me, uh-huh. you know, it's it's just like a, a guy at a store, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, he he has a gun behind the counter because he wants to protect himself and his uh-huh. business. Uh-huh. I don't have that luxury to do that. And uh, it's it's not right, man. And, not and, right. and a lot of times, you told you work with your wife. Yeah. And see, that's another reason why you would want to protect. Yeah, that's I mean, totally my, understandable. My wife is totally out there, understandable. You know. Uh, so and you know and 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 that's the thing too. She she has a concealed weapons permit, uh-huh. but being that I'm a convicted felon, I can't even be in the car with it. Uh-huh. So I mean, she can't even tote her weapon out there with us to protect us uh-huh. because I can't even be around a, a, a gun. Uh, you know, and somehow these laws got to change, man. Somehow, you know, we got to do better. You know, I mean, we, 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 they talk about gun rights and everything like this and, and tightening up on restrictions and stuff like that. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other and, things. And, too. and the people need to stop 
worrying about what the politicians are going to do. It's what we want to get done for you to make them do it. Like, what the fuck? Don't let them sit because they're going to start doing bullshit. How did it get this way? Because you sat down and did nothing. Yeah, because they're going to write the bills right underneath our noses, you know, and, and, and we're not going to do anything to stop it. I mean, we got to get more involved. I mean, the American people have to get more involved in, in what's going on in, in our, you know, and behind closed doors and these, and these policies that they're writing up. And listen, man, and I'm going to tell you right now, listen, I've been in the dirt game. I know what the dirt is, okay? This old broom know what the dirt is. But I'm going to tell you the truth in fact. You want shit to change in your neighborhood? Tell, you, tell your kids, hey, man, I need you to be a cop. I need you to be a cop. So there's no fucking bullshit going on with the people. People getting set up, lied upon, because you got your own people policing the people in their neighborhood. That's what it was taught back in the 50s and the 60s when the civil rights movements were there. They wasn't trying to be this. Hey, man, I want you. They were trying to be cops. The black people, the Spanish, they were trying to be cops. None of them motherfuckers are coming to projects and fuck with them. That's all it was, but that, see, that's not that's not taught these days. You know what I mean? No. Open your eyes, people. Open the fucking open your eyes. And it wasn't taught when we were growing up. You no. know, I mean, I, I actually was. I was, read about. I this. was actually at a legal age where I could go and buy a gun legally and get a concealed weapons permit, but I was never taught. You know that that way of doing it like right. you know hey listen you take this class and then you go get fingerprinted mm. because at the time i had no record i had a zero record right you know and i didn't know that i could legally go out and and get my own firearm mm. you know and that's what i mean about that chain mentality, the mentality you know is that you don't you don't know these things because they're not taught they're in not the taught they're not taught how to how to establish your credit in school what we was taught how to save your money how how serious credit is or is going to be, that's not told. No, that's not. And they need to have, they need to have a curriculum with that, you know? Mm-hmm. That they, they got Or a curriculum. Hey, just like your rights right here. Teach that. You know what I mean? Teach something, whatever right you have when you go in front of a... Now, let, let, let me tell you something, people. Since we're on this subject right here, okay? Since I'm with the subject. Like I said, I'm a two-time loser. I've been in prison, so I've been around cops. I know how to act around them. You're not going to win in the act, the first time the cop is approaching you or talking to him, don't act hard, speak your rights, and that's it. Yeah. If you fucked up, and that's because whatever happens at that time, the cop is going to be right. I'm telling you. And, you and, know how you beat him? You beat him in court. Yes. Let them do what the fuck they got to do. Shut your fucking mouth and say you want your lawyer. You're not going to talk yourself out of it. Shut up, go with the process, and that's it. Handle it in court. Because when you're pulled over and you're out there, he's the judge, the jury, yep. and everything. They're gonna believe whatever he says. You know, so so it, you, people really need they really need to teach these type of uh, uh, of classes uh-huh. of how to act when you get pulled over. You know, and that may save a lot of lives out a there. Lot, because a you're lot. not gonna argue your way out of no. whatever that police is saying. No, you, no. you can't. That's not the that's not the appropriate time. No. Wait. No. Close your mouth. Let me tell you why it's not the appropriate time. Do you know what the Miranda means? You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can be held and used against you in the court of law. Which means, shut the fuck up. Because whatever you say that's going to happen, they're they writing that shit down. They're writing that shit down. And you're, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Shut up. Be quiet. Let the lawyer do what he has to do. 
and and I learned that at that early age, at 14, you know, uh, I was angry, you know, they were pulling us over because we were white, and we were in that neighborhood, and I was mad because, you know, they, they pulled us over for no reason, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I got the shit beat out of me, you know? Well, look, I, just, no, act technically, the reason why they pulled you over, because they... They know this is a black community. And when white folks come around at that time, that's what they was looking for. Drugs. So they put and with their um percentage of um being right, they had their chance to say, oh, maybe they're here looking for drugs. Because a lot of times the people are looking for drugs here. And that's not the only time that I've been right. harassed in that neighborhood. I mean, there's I can even, you know, I can I can tell several stories, you know. Right. One 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 other story I'll tell is I was 12 years old. They had a telephone booth at the end of the street, right? So, uh, <laughs> no you know, this is like this is the 80s, you yeah, know. So not was, everybody even had a phone in their house, you know. We had pages know? at that time. The pages were coming out. The pages were coming out, you know. So, you know, I mean, I'm at the pay phone, you know. I'm, I'm calling my little honeys up, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, you know, a cop pulls up, sees a white guy in that neighborhood, and he's arguing with me about me living right down the street from him. And he actually said, white people don't live in this neighborhood. And it, it, it irritated me. I'm 12 years old. I'm just a kid, you know, and I'm getting harassed, you know, by the police because I, I'm I'm standing on a street that I live on. Uh, Literally live on that street. Uh, so, I mean, it goes a lot of different ways, but th- these are the type of stories that really don't make, you know, headlines, uh, you know, because it doesn't fall into the narrative, you know, of what the, like, you know, some parties, you know, want to push, uh, you know. Um, but you know, stuff like this happens all the time, every day, every day here in America. You told me before you was into you dibbled and dabbed and drugs. You sold drugs? Yeah, I sold drugs. Mm, what type? Yeah. Uh, I sold it all. I mean, uh, I sold cocaine. I sold marijuana. Uh, I sold crack. Um, I mean, just the easiest things that were going. I mean, in my neighborhood, that's you know that that was like the big thing back then. You know, was coke, crack, and and uh, and marijuana. I tried to stay in the marijuana uh, just because the clientele is a little bit more friendlier. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, the crackheads are a little sketchy. You know. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and you know, I've even had cops tell me, you know, listen, I know you're selling weed. I don't care about you selling weed. I want that person across the street that's selling crack. Uh huh. I don't even care about you pushing weed. Uh huh. Any distinguished people's like lawyers, doctors, you just sell to? Yeah. Uh, oh hell. Oh hell. Oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, at the time, you know, there was a, 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 a district district attorney. Where at? Uh, what what time? Lee County. Uh, Lee County, motherfuckers. And she was, uh, you know, she was uh, actually renting her car out. We were driving around in her Lexus um, that we that we call it a a, 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 rent, a rent a rock, right. you know. Um, and it's basically where where you know you give some dope. Uh, to somebody and you use their car. It's almost uh-huh. like, you know, your debit card. Right. You know? um, but yeah, she was a district attorney at that time in Lee County. Um, and then and then also a bail bondsman, you know. Oh, I got a story about that too. Tell me about yeah. the bail bondsman. The bail bondsman, you know, it, I didn't, I me personally, I didn't have him on my payroll. It was my cousin. Right. So it was like my cousin having, you know, a get out of jail free card, basically, uh-huh. you know. My, my, um, I knew a person, well, actually, my soon-to-be ex, she was selling dope to, um, a bail bond in Naples, and yes, that's right, it was her get-out-of-jail-free card, all she had, she didn't even have to come up with money, 
All the hell she did was, hey, I'm in jail. Hey, Mary, I'm in jail. Can you come get me? Mary already knew that when she got out of jail, she was going to pay it with dope, with coke, cocaine. Yeah. And that's that's their plug, and they're comfortable with that person, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So, you know, being in, them, being in that high high position, you know, uh, they don't want to have to try to find somebody else because then they take a risk of themselves. Fucking getting, their career up. You know, getting caught, yeah, and fucking their career up. So, uh, of course, they're going to take care of that person, you know, because that that is their that is their plug. Wow. Now, listen, it just popped into my head. I listened to this shit, people. I totally off subject. So, kind of funny. Listen to this shit. My wife, right, relatives are in law enforcement, okay? They, um, her dad's cousin married, well, he put his wife um, to law school, and she was a prosecutor in Naples, Florida, okay? Listen to this shit. Prior to this, um... Me getting involved with my, my wife. Come to find out, the very first person, there was a lady that helped, that did my um my second arrest, dealing with the prosecution and, and, and sentencing. Who do you think it was, bro? Her. I recognized her face when I went to go to the hospital when I seen my wife's dad dying. It was her, and she's in the she's in the family now. She listen how how it is when there's a family reunion. She knows everybody that smoke pot. She go in there to give us uh, uh, hellos and all that and all that, but she won't talk to other people who didn't, who've been arrested with crime and shit. But yeah, her daughters are are fuck ups, are bad drug addicts. And they don't do pot. Ain't <laughs> that some shit? Ain't that some <laughs> shit? So those are the only people you you dealt with in Fort Myers. Yeah, it's the only people I dealt with. What made you stop selling drugs? Uh, well, I went to prison, you know, and uh, I, I opened up. I, you know, yeah, I, I had to reflect on myself and what what I wanted to do uh, when I got out, you know, and uh, I, I didn't get into window tinting at the time. Like I said, I was doing construction, you right. know, and construction's an easy job to get. They don't care if you're convicted felons. All they care nope. is can you, you know, yep. can you use a shovel and can you push a wheelbarrow? Or can you, you know? pick up trash? Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, it was it was an easy way for, you know, for you to make a living. You know, it's a hard way, but it, it's an easy way to, you know, to be able to make money. You know, then the only other obstacle that you have to jump is where you're going to live at, you know, because you're a convicted felon. And most of the time, where are they going to go? They're going to go right back to the hood. You know what I'm saying? Because in the hood, um, they're they're more lenient on, you know, uh, letting a convicted felon uh, rent an apartment, yeah. you know? Um, and that's because that, you know, uh, you know, in, in a high crime neighborhood, I guess you could say, you know, it's not, uh, you know, people ain't flocking to go move in there, you know? So they're, they, you know, they're trying to get, you know, you know, anybody, uh, to, to rent their place out. People don't just stop and think, why is it so important for me to put on the application? Why do you need to look up if I'm a felon or not? You should just worry about how much I pay. Ain't that some kind of discriminatory shit? That's sad. That's sad. But wait, wait, wait. But you get upset when the person can't find a place to live or can't get a job when they start committing crimes. Look what the laws you put in place. It's like you want that shit to happen again. Yeah. It's it, because it's all a money racket, you know, at the end of the day, it's a money racket. And, you know, they and now they, you know, these days they're even coming after our kids, you know. What the fuck? Um, I mean, there's there's crimes that I committed when I was a kid right. that today, if you commit them crimes, 
you know, you're, you're, you're going to get put in, you know, uh, 18 month program, you know, um, at, you know, 14 years old, you know, Um, trying to keep the kid in the system. It's really hard for the kid to just to, um, he wants to hang out with his friends and all, but you know what happens? He violates because you try to keep it to respect them. And, and they, and then they get federal money, you know, that institution gets federal income for every person that, that, that's in that institution, Mm. you know? So not only do they get the state's help, they also go to the federal level and they get the federal money, you know? So of course, like I said, it goes back to just being a money racket. It's not rehabilitation. They don't teach you, you know, teach you any trades. They don't help you get an education. They don't. I've been there. He's not lying. And I, I yeah. And I mean, twice. They, they actually pulled me out. You know, I was 22 uh-huh. years old. They pulled me out. I was about to take my GD test. I, I and they pulled me out and put me on a crew to pick up trash on the side of the uh, road. And I actually wrote the, the chain word. gang. It's called. I actually wrote the warden and said, you mean to tell me that this is rehabilitation, that you would take, you know, a 22-year-old kid, you know, and put him out on the road to pick up trash. What prison was that? That was at Marion CI. Gotcha. Uh, so that's that's in the Ocala area. Right. And, and that, that's funny, too, you know, because I said I'd never come back to Ocala. And I bought land in Marion County. <laughs> and we got fucking land in Marion County. Yeah. And I'm working. All my work's coming, you know, out of that county. Uh, that that just goes back to say, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. You know, just repeat that. If you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. <laughs> you Tomorrow's know? not promised to you. Because I said I would never go back. That's there. right. And I, and I meant that. I never wanted to go back to Ocala. I don't want to spark shit up because I'm still fresh. I said I would never be back to Florida, and I'm here. Yep. Never say never. God has plans for you, and uh, it doesn't matter if you believe in him or not, you know. That's uh, right. His plans are going to take place, regardless. So, what do you see in your future? Why are you working so hard with this tent? You know, what do you want to do? Do you want to do this forever? Because I wasn't, I'm in the transportation, and I'm about to get out. I didn't want to do a prayer for you. You know what I'm what do you what do you see yourself in five years? What drives uh, you to keep going so hard? You know, uh, I, I make I make a pretty good I make a pretty good living for myself. You know, um, so I mean it's something that I, I actually can do if, if if let's say you know I mean I'm 47 now, so it's something that I can actually do. Uh, in my late fifties, right. you know, I can, I can still physically, you know, be able to do a right. job like this right here. Right. Um, but ultimately, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I got land in, in Ocala, as you know it, and you know, I'm looking to build. Yeah, we're gonna build be my fu- we're gonna be future neighbors. Yeah. Future <laughs> How neighbors. many blocks away it was? Uh, three blocks. Three blocks away. Yep, that's three right. blocks that's away. That's right. Out yeah. the country. Out in the country with the redneck. Yeah. I got redneck friends and I love them. So shut up, motherfuckers. Yeah, no discrimination at all here. This all, is my. All, 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 I got all. kids that are half white. I got grandkids that are half white. I got brothers that are half white. I got. I mean, all white. I got um, my my, my mother's husband is is white. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's no discrimination. So if we no, have- no discrimination. My my, my my son-in-law, he's black. You know, uh-huh. uh, my, my grandson, my grandson's yeah. half black. Yeah. You know, 
Um, you know, my, my, my stepson, I mean, he's, he's Puerto Rican, right. you know? So, I mean, yeah, there's no discrimination, right. you know, it's, it, 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 that's that narrative that the government wants to push because they want to divide people, right. you know? I think for the most part, most, most American people are not racist. Right. I mean, there, there, there is racism. Don't right. get me wrong. Right. There right. is, but I don't think it's to the point to where, what the media, uh, makes it out. And to if be. it was, we wouldn't have had a black president. Yeah, that's for sure. That shuts that shit down. And I, I was actually, me. you know, I was actually happy. And all, you know, at that time, at, me at too. At the time, and, I, and I if, if I, I was able to I vote, and the only reason I was able to vote was thanks to Trump, you know, because he turned it around right. uh, for us. But of course, in Florida, we, you know, we passed that law before Trump did. Right. Um, but um, you know, I, I, I think it's, I thought it was a good thing because it shows all ethnic groups right. that you can become anything that you wanted not just a football player not just you know uh, a basketball player you know but but uh, you know not just an entertainer man, rapper yeah a man in a high position like that right there right. you know right. give, it give a kid, everybody hope they give a kid hope you know right. you see he made it he made it. <laughs> that's right you see and it wasn't through you know a basketball scholarship a rap deal you know he actually he actually made it you know who do you have at your support system Support system. Um, my wife. My wife is my biggest support system. That's good to hear. You know. How long y'all been together? Uh, ten years. This January. Oh, uh, and it's good to hear that she's a support system. Yeah, she's my biggest support system. She's the, really the only support system that I have. Um, my kids. Um, Rylan. You know. Right. I mean, he's he's another one. He's he's one of my biggest support systems. Awesome. Uh, I, I call him my son. He's my nephew, but Jeffrey uh. and Chase. Um, they're my nephews, but I mean, right. they're a big support system for me too. You know, I look at them like they're on my own kids. Right. Um, they don't, they don't have, they don't have fathers in their life. You know. Right. Um, you know, Chase, Chase's father passed away. Right. Um, my sister passed away, so my 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 you know my nephew doesn't have a mom or anything like that right, right. there. Right. You know, right. so I'm more like a father figure to them. Right. You know. But Chase was awesome discussing who you are. See, he was an ashtray. He was an ashtray with all that shit that was put on him, where he went through. Yeah, it was dirty. It was dirty, but he still stuck it through. Now he's a loud ashtray, okay? Now you can speak it. This is where I was at. This is where I've been coming. This is who I am now. Good shit, Chet. Good shit. One day Chet's going to be on here. We're going to be hosting together with somebody else. But again, we say... Listen, we need to people, us people. Yeah, thanks for having me on today, man. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you, man. Yeah, awesome for sure. But um, I'll catch up again. It's Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. I say because I cheer my own self on. I don't need nobody else to do it. Holler at me, motherfuckers. Praise.